0: You deserve. Welcome to Games You Deserve, brought to you by Special Reserve Games. Today, we welcome a former Sega Games counselor from Australia. Plus, we look back on the year and talk about our favorite moments of 2020. So what have you guys been playing lately? Let's hear about some of the games. I know that Smitty's big on uh, Warzone and uh, spends a good part of his evenings on that. But what else have you been playing, Smitty? What else besides Warzone?
1: Well, I uh, played uh, Cold War uh <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> that's much different right totally well, There's different.
1: zombies
0: you know there's like zombies full-time zombies uh, of course there's zombies in the cold war i remember i remember the zombies part of the cold war like in the 80s when there were zombies everywhere
1: oh and so many great movies were made about this and uh honestly i i've gone back and i've played some of the games that we've recently released and kind of gone back to play again like I, I played a little bit of mother russia bleeds just to get back into it a little bit my daughter reminded me that she had beaten carry-on and i hadn't and i was you know, trying to go back and just play carry-on and just beat it so i've honestly, honestly just been playing a lot of games that uh, we were fortunate enough to make the cartridges or disc for <laughs> <laughs> you know which is what a cool thing to be able to say and i fall guys you know just put a couple couple hours in on fall guys and uh I, have you been playing fall guys much lately eric
2: you know i i had a little break because of the whole ps5 thing and so i, I i've put in a, actually put in a little bit uh recently and kind of getting geared up for uh the next season of that so getting excited
1: it's it's happening. This is the season three, right? It's about to. Drop. Yeah, it
2: is about to drop. They've uh, they've been
0: preparing. Let's say that I can't talk too much about it, but they've been preparing. Oh, you do you guys know about the inside stuff for the season three? Well, I do. <laughs> yeah so do i <laughs> okay well, let me ask you this so what are the diff- like what are the seasons i have not played a ton of fall guys i played it initially it's a lot of fun but i haven't had time to go back into it but what are the seasons like what are the differences in the seasons just different courses
1: and stuff er- eric would be great at laying this out i mean eric was grinding on you know he's a hardcore player
0: yeah i i really was I really
2: was grinding that for for, for a while there um, you know essentially the content gets a little a little bit of an update and you get some new courses you get some new costumes they will change you know and, and update the game for you you know and get you some something fresh a fresh look at this uh, they introduce different things we'll talk
1: about like season two though like season two there was a lot of there was cooperative cooperative things. That you had to work together to get over certain obstacles and then get back to beating each other, you know, moving like oh. <laughs> those blocks. Well, yeah, and and that's just a that
2: that was a bit of an element of of change from the first original season of Fall Guys, right? Because in the first season of Fall Guys, every map that you played, you were pretty much you versus the the rest of the field, you know, you didn't really have any. Cooperative uh, attempts, other than team games, where you are paired up with people uh, in in different colors. What, what Smitty's kind of talking about here, however, is in one level there were opportunities in season two where, say, you had to get over a wall and there are different sized boxes but the the problem was is that those boxes weren't always in an advantageous spot where you could jump over so you have to decide are we going to work together for at least a moment here to get these boxes put in the right place so somebody can start getting over the wall or not and so they gave you a a different look a different element to to that and of course introduce other things and on top of that they're going back and taking some of the older courses. And, you know, spicing them up, changing them up a little bit, adding some new elements, randomizing a few things, which really brings some fresh uh, play to those particular elements, which is those particular uh, uh, levels, which is really great because you don't get bored doing that anymore. And then, of course, there's all the fun costumes that they do and the cool stuff, the partnerships that they have with different ones. Um, you know, they've...
1: Mm. There's some cool new ones.
2: Yeah, they've just got all kinds of stuff. They teased a little something for Doom Guy, just a couple of days ago, which is going to be kind of neat. Can't wait to see that one. Um, but but there's uh, gosh what Untitled Goose Game has been. <laughs> oh, I uh, love that. Has been done. <laughs> um, they've got uh, you know in in the past they've had of course all the great Devolver costumes that came through you had the messenger on there you had the bulletkin, that kind of Pedro yeah I mean it's it's just really cool and then valve costumes if you're on the on the PC side I think eventually they even release some of that stuff for PS4 um, you know so Chell from portal or portal 2 uh, and a few a few other really neat costumes there so I expect a lot more of that in season 3 um, you know tis the season is all I'll say for for some of that
1: and- And there's going to be no Eric costume yet again. So sorry. Eric was even, you were a beta tester for fall guys. I was as,
2: as were plenty of other people. But I mean,
1: if you were a beta tester, you got a special skin and it looks like a crash test dummy. That's right. And you you had to be a beta tester. You had to be OG baby to get that. My
2: kid, he's, he's still just a, a huge gamer and he's, uh, we just recently got him uh, game pass ultimate for his Xbox one and he can, you know, play all kinds of stuff. He just had a birthday not too long ago and uh, just really enjoying playing some cool games on there. He's downloaded uh cluster truck. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have heard about that. I caught him playing that just the other day and he was having a bunch of fun with that. Um, and then another game called grounded where, uh, He's, he's been enjoying that recently with some, some of his online friends. Personally, after playing all the uh, Spider-Man games on the PS5, I went back to a classic uh, and, and started playing the Kingdom Hearts games. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of finishing up the first one. I, I just finished uh, the area with uh, Little Mermaid, uh, Ariel, and uh i'm also doing i I, you don't have to do both of these worlds but i'm also doing the jack skellington area area halloween town uh from uh, the nightmare before christmas and those are really cool areas both of those so i'm going through that right now with plans to continue through the very lengthy story of uh all
0: the various kingdom
2: hearts games
0: so how about you, Dan? Uh, a couple games I've been playing. That we actually, uh, John Riggs talked about it when when he, he had him on. Uh, Star Wars Squadrons is something I've been into lately uh, for Xbox. Now, John mentioned this. Um, it's really a VR game. It's meant to be VR, and you can tell based on like the gameplay, uh, even like during, well, not necessarily during cutscenes, but there are parts of it where all you're doing is sitting there talking to a character and you're not doing anything else. And you can still like look around the entire room. Like I can use my controller to look around at the entire room while somebody's talking to me. Yeah. And that's the hallmark of a VR game. Cause basically you spend all your time looking around going, wow, look at all that. So, but the, the gameplay, the actual fighting is really good. It's a, it's a basic, it's a flight simulator for Star Wars. And you're, you're playing both as um, right now I played it uh, it's a couple different rebel shifts like the A-wing, the X-wing, the Y-wing and the TIE fighter. And I'm sure like you, you kind of switch back and forth from both sides, from the empire to the rebels and, and go and go back and forth from good to bad. Um, the storyline is interesting as well. It takes place. At, sorry. You shouldn't even say rebels. It should be, Uh, the uh, New Republic because it takes place after Return of the Jedi, so after the Death Star explodes, the second Death Star explodes, so it kind of continues the story after that, leading into Mandalorian territory, not quite caught up to that, but there are characters from others. There's a character from Star Wars Rebels in this one, so they're kind of bringing everything all together, and I really like the way they do that, and I like the story. It's a really interesting story, and I like to see the Empire side of things as well because they've kind of put a human face on these, Not actually not all human, there's quite a bit of aliens in it, but um, but they put it like a, a face to these people who are just kind of like you know you just see the storm the uh, sort the, of the pilot mask and you see the tie fighter pilots in the movies but they're, they're, you know according to this video game there are actually real people behind those masks so you get to know a little bit about that and then the other game I've been playing a lot a lot a lot is uh, actually the AVGN uh, remastered so they re released the AVGN uh, uh, games one and two there was two of these kind of platformer games for the angry this is the angry video game nerd for those who might not be familiar who's a very popular youtuber talking but he, he reviews crappy video games and is one of kind of the original uh, youtubers to do that kind of thing and the a while back they released these two video games uh the I, i've finished the first one i'm just getting to the second one it, it's it's the first one is a very difficult platformer and i probably and the, the great thing the best thing about it is you have infinite lives but then it tells you at the end of the level how many times you died which is something i don't I don't think I've ever seen in a in a game before. So like I finished a level and I'm like 62 times I died 62 times trying to get through this level. Uh it's pretty funny. And, uh, but I'll say that the first one is really good. And the cool thing about this remastered version is that you also get some bonus content. Once you finish the first and second game, there's a third, I don't even know what it is yet. I'm sure I could go online and look, but I don't want to be spoiled about it. But I think it's a, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of callbacks to the nerd, to the to the character and all the different jokes and gags they've done over the years. So I'm a longtime fan of the Angry Video Game Nerd. So that one's a lot of fun as well. And that one's on the Switch. I, I've been playing that one on the Switch. It was very cool stuff. <laughs> Happy today to welcome Sega Master Tim to the podcast. Uh, Tim is from Australia, from Melbourne, Australia, and he is a collector with a very specific um, purpose, I think. Uh, but t- thanks, Tim, for being on the
3: podcast. It's a pleasure, <laughs> Tim. What do you What do you collect? What
0: kind of video games do you collect?
3: Anything and everything. <laughs> That's basically it. Do I have a specific thing? Um, yeah. Okay, so. The, the way that I collect, I mainly just go around um, op shops or in your case, thrift shops. And I, I literally, if there's anything there I can find that catches my fancy, you know, I avoid all the, obviously all the sports games. I mean, that doesn't interest me. Um, all <laughs> the thieves of that, but um, we're going to come yeah, back and, to that. I'll, I'll circle back to that, but go ahead. Oh yeah. That's okay. Um, Yeah. But um, I look, game collecting retro game collecting is hard in australia basically because like um right now we've got a population of 26 million so obviously it was a lot less back in the 80s and 90s and that so by at least less than i think about 7 10 million so therefore the amount of product that was in this country would be a lot less than say in Northern America. So I I know it's, it's hard finding good deals for games in Northern America. It's very hard here, but it's also very hard just trying to find these damn games too out in the wild. So um, yeah, yeah. But I also find um, as you can probably see from the picture behind me, (laughs) um, I pick up a lot of iconology as well from, from the, from the retro gaming era just like the um, little pixel ass any little trinkets i can find i just dot them around in the room
0: aren't you not working on a complete collection of the Sega master system games
3: yeah oh well i was i'm trying to collect originally my my own collection okay that i had as a kid but then i'm working to work bigger and bigger. And then like right. my name's Sega Master Tim cuz that was my title at Sega.
0: Ah, yes. And you and you were a, you're a former games counselor yes. at Sega. Yes, that's, that's awesome. right.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Very How'd you get that gig?
3: Oh, geez. Um quite a bit of a long-winded story, but um I'll I'll mention that later on, but it, it all came through my love for Sega when I first found them, when I found the Master System and um I just basically pestered Sega here in Australia and I ended up getting a job with them. And, um, and so now, nowadays, um, in the retro gaming community, you know, they, people know about what, what games counselors were, you know, because there was no internet, Um, You just relied on magazines that came out monthly or schoolyard rumours. So this is where we came in and we helped out the kids. And I always say lonely housewives. (laughs) We've getting through certain games. Yeah. So that was, that was my job. And it was um, a great five years working for it.
0: Now, was that in uh, just the master system or did that go into the, it would have been the Mega Drive for you, but the Genesis for us, uh, you went into that, that, that generation as well, into that second generation.
3: Yeah. So I started in 1990 and finished in 95. So we had the master system, Mega Drive and, um, uh, and the Game Gear Um, and Just as I was leaving, we were just getting into the uh, Saturn games as well.
0: Yeah, that one was, um, the Saturn did not uh, go over very well over here. No.
3: Well, it was rushed.
0: It was, it was <laughs> just uh, a bit rushed. But, but I have to tell you, I have a I have a uh, a love for Sega that not a lot of other people I know do. When I over where I, when I grew up, it was all about Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo. Yeah, right. And I'm sure mm. that was the same almost everywhere. But I didn't have a Nintendo. I had a Sega Genesis um, yeah. because my parents were cheap, and it was the cheaper system. <laughs> Uh That was it. That was it. It was a cheaper system, and so, but I mean, I loved it. I loved my Sega Genesis. There's so many good games, yeah. including the sports games. I liked the sports games. So why don't you yes. want to collect those?
3: Um, oh, the, the old ones I don't mind. The mm. old ones, like the cartridge-based ones, mm. but uh, swear to God, FIFA games, you're just over it. The the only FIFA game I will buy is the original EA Sports one. Okay, it's cartridge-based, and that that is it. But um. I learned, I learned um, American football um, through Madden.
0: Okay. I
3: learned that, yeah. And we were just being introduced to it here in Australia back in the late 80s and early 90s. So I was learning about first downs and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. I learned... Um, can't say i know a lot but i know some of the basic rules of nhl as well Mm -hmm. um through through ea as well so um yeah it's thanks to those games it's helped um probably educate a few of us aussies about the north american sports
0: but i imagine that one of the reasons why it's not a desirable collectible is because basically they're the same games every year just with updated updated rosters is what it is right
3: that's basically it Yeah. yeah that's all it is so it has no interest for me whatsoever so um i'll keep away from that's not to say i do have a couple of them in the collection well yeah and for me there's
0: always ones like for like i'm from canada the nhl games were huge here so the nhl 94 Mm. 95 were were games i played all the time Mm. on my genesis and um in particular those were and it's funny because they've kind of brought them back a little bit in the newer versions of the nhl games there's like a there's like a 94 throwback version you can play so that's really cool stuff so they can recognize the nostalgia of that and they insert that in there for for us for the grown-ups who play the game um so when did you start when was your is that when you started collecting was it when you were working for sega
3: no 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 i only really started collecting about three years ago oh really
0: okay what what prompted you to do that
3: <laughs> well it's, it's really funny because um like i like video games and all that and i had what spare time i had i could play them a bit and um and i i saw this this uh, i don't know where i saw the ad there was an ad for a retro video game market here in melbourne and i thought oh that'd be cool That'd be nice to, to check out and that. And I was thinking that it was just like this little thing, okay? And you'd seen all these old people hanging around, you know, reminiscing. But what it ended up being was that it was a lot larger than what I expected. And there were all these stalls and all these games. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just loving this. And what also surprised me was the demographic, um, you know, both young and old both genders um and i saw everybody interacting with each other and i thought my god i've i've i i've been missing out on this i need this in my life and and what what took it that little bit further and and i mean uh, this has uh, probably helped um helped uh, the my my profile increase over the years is that i was standing there and i was um play uh, looking at a box of rec- Rocket night adventures and the guy goes oh that's a good game that's a good game i said yeah yeah of course cool. so it's, it's a good game I, I wrote the walkthrough for it for a magazine and then they go what <laughs> yeah, I work for Sega. And then it was just like there's this sort of like mini swarm on me. You work for Sega. And oh, sorry, I'm saying Sega. I should be saying Sega because I'm in Australia. <laughs> 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 um, and every everyone's just, these people swarmed in. and they, This guy, you work for Sega. I, yeah, yeah, I used to work on the hotline, you know. And and I'd grab one of the games and there was like the hotline number. It's I used to work for that number. <laughs>
0: Listen to my voice, Dad. Buy me a
3: Sega with a game built in for ninety nine dollars. Plus, I'll get a free second game by joining the Sega Club. Dad, awaken now and buy me a Sega for ninety nine dollars. And don't forget my free game. You must buy a Sega. Sega. I must buy a Sega now. All right.
1: Seager. Hurry. Yes, yeah, Sega. <laughs>
3: and I'm like, geez, people really like this stuff. um... I need to do something about this. And one of my work colleagues um, since Spacey's, Brian, he was already on there and he'd been telling me, you know, a few months before that, oh, you should get on Twitter. You should do that. And I'm like, oh, he would be interested. And that was somewhat my confirmation saying, well, maybe I should do something about it. So since then I've just been hunting and looking for games. I love the adventure. I love the You know, going through these old, out the back of these old shops and trying to find something, trying to find a diamond in the rough. You know, so
0: what? Can you give me an example of one that you found,
3: like a diamond? There was, there was one. Um, so there was a, and it wasn't actually a thrift shop. It was actually a pawn shop, (laughs) and they miss pawn pawn
0: shop, pawn shop, not a pawn shop.
3: Not a porn shop, no. <laughs> yes, Torridiacs. Porn. We P-A-W-M. call it cash converters right, right, right. Or cashies yeah, yeah. over here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cashies. So, so I go in there, and I was on my lunch break. I popped in there, and I said, "Oh, I saw this game. It was like the Getaway." Um, and it had this odd label. I said, "Never seen that before." That was a bit odd. So anyway, Ooh. bought it five bucks. Okay, walked up the street. And so I get onto EB sold pricing and that, and I'm like, oh my God, you know, so it was worth a few hundred dollars. Really? Um, because it was a limited edition. There was only one thousand five hundred of them made. Um, but this is the really weird thing. Uh, there was originally only one because they're all numbered. It was only originally 1,000 made. And, and speaking to one of the developers of the game, they accidentally made 1,500 of them. So it ends up there's only 1,500 of these units. So, um, yeah, and it's still... It hasn't been taken out of its seal, for crying out loud. It's it's wow. still mint. <laughs> so, so that was one example. And the, the other example was one of my... Um, I went to to a barbecue one time and uh of one of my relatives and they go, Oh, you like you like your Sega video games, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go, so have a look at these. And um there was one game there that was complete. It was Mint. And it's not a game that that many uh not a lot of the world knows, but there was this third party company called HES in Australia. And there was a four game multi-pack. Now this thing I've never, this is the scary thing. I've never seen this game complete or in good condition. And yet they're still asking for about $250, $300. I've got this thing, Schmick. And he goes, Oh, you can have it. The, the, and I'll, uh, <laughs> I'm like, my God, but it, um, I, I bought him a good bottle of wine. Oh, there you go. A, a <laughs> yeah. I couldn't just, just take it for free. <laughs> um, yeah. So they, it's, it's, they just had to happen randomly you can't plan it it's just and that's the the buzz you get from it all it's a real adrenaline rush for me
0: so do you pick up you pick up all your games in this way you don't buy online or buy off ebay or anything like that
3: very rarely do i buy online because things tend to be overpriced and i don't like fighting for games quite frankly it's 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 just too savage for me. But uh, <laughs> the only the only thing I, I, I have recently bought um and I as part of trying to regain my original collection is the mail order copy of Power Strike with a unique gray label. Um and um I had that because my contact in Seager of America sent one over to me and I didn't know like how special this was i just oh wow that's a good game yeah um but when i moved from my hometown to work up in sydney um somewhere i lost it along the way so yeah so i paid a pretty penny for it but i'm happy that i've got it you got (laughs) it back yeah well that's good that's good
0: um so so when you were working for sega you were also able to get kind of an inside scoop on like the games coming out and that kind of stuff
3: oh my god yeah yeah um the story I always reminisce is seeing the prototype version of Street Fighter 2 on, on the Mega Drive, um, slash Genesis. Yeah. So this was like months before. And it was also the first time we got to see the six button control pad. Ah, yes. Um, yeah. And all I always say, no work got done that day.
0: <laughs> <bet. None>.
3: No, <laughs> absolutely none. And, um,
0: you're like putting people on hold you're like forget it we're busy we're busy
3: (laughs) oh no no and and, and our boss be saying that this this call's coming in yes yes karen no (laughs) (laughs) um uh it was yeah these sorts of yeah you get what would happen as you know you get rom boards and you get the roms and we get them sent over from the us or japan um most of them incomplete um and just you know seeing things before anyone else, um, and yes, there were a few games that were absolutely crap, you know. So, you got uh, there was like a rugby league game uh, that was being brought out, and you're like, oh, that doesn't bother you, you know, whatever. Um, but then you'd see Sonic 3 come out and all these other games, so um, yeah. And and me and the other Sega Masters, we keep on thinking, God, if only we held on to those, rel- those ROMs what they would be worth now that and and the history behind those as well you know in the developments of these games so yeah yeah we got to see a lot of things before before the general public did usually anything between three to six months wow um, they would come out yeah that's very cool Good times
0: what uh, what kind of crazy questions would you get from callers as you were working as a uh, games counselor
3: well the craziest one i ever got was how do i get my mega drive out of the box <laughs> Okay. And I I thought this guy was just bloody joking and that, but he was dead dead serious, you know. So I'm trying to reason with this guy because I don't know if you've got a, a you've seen Mega Drive boxes, you know, there's this big black matrix looking thing. Yeah. But the way that the way the way that they put the boxes together, they use this industrial type glue, so the styrofoam box wouldn't fall out of it. I'm just thinking that there was just a little bit too much of his glue, um, and so he's he's saying, "Well, you just get a knife." Get- no, no, I'm gonna damage the box. <laughs> I'm gonna ruin it. I said, well, "No, but look, how about how about if you do?" No, no, I wouldn't in pristine condition. So well, we're just we're just thinking. To this day's probably still with this mint mega drive box still with the game uh, the console in it and <laughs> it's never, never been used and it's worth about eight hundred a thousand dollars now but um great. the guy got cranky he just hung up on me <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. so those those were the one of the weirder weirder calls um yeah but but a lot of the calls I always reminisce which is beautiful um because the kids would ring up and initially they want to say oh can you have you got a cheat for this game and we'd say no no but then they tell us about their love and passion about sonic and sega and how much they hate mario and and because the console war was uh, as bloody serious thing it was yeah no it was a big
0: deal you were you were you were sega or you were nintendo that was the thing and i was sega right that was my thing so i agree i I totally feel that i didn't hate mario necessarily but i didn't care about him right I, yeah, I, was, exactly. I was like yeah. sonic sonic was the way to go he's faster right he's kind yeah. of a badass like that was my feeling yeah. about sega so that's yeah that's funny so the kids yeah. are calling you up so so would it be like um you would like help them with strategies to go and, and beat a boss or or that kind of thing that's kind of what they're, they're yeah about. pretty yeah. much
3: and and sometimes there would be certain stages in games where where um the kids couldn't get through I always remember in sonic 2 there was like this red block I think it was on the second level um, and kids kids just couldn't get past it, but your timing had to be impeccable. So the one thing about what you found yourself doing when you're working um, on the phones and that and and talking to these kids is that the kids are literally sitting there in front of their little 34 centimetre CRT TV playing this game. You can hear the sounds and it's almost like you're you're playing with them and you're listening in and you go, no, 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 you haven't got the timing right. And you can hear them play it. again. no, try again, try again. So there was this, this um funny connection you'd have with, with the with the kids because they play the game, they are literally listening to what they're doing and um you got in them through that as well it's not just like okay when you get to the third level go right you know it wasn't like that you sort of played with them and you could hear what they were doing so um yeah yeah that that's 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 what it would be like i I never
0: i never had the guts to do it i never had the guts to call for for help um i just would kind of suffer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and if I couldn't make it level couldn't finish the level, I just put it down, come back to it another day or something like that. That was kind of my feeling about it. But and plus my parents would kill me because it's like a I don't know how much you charge for it by the minute. My parents would kill me if I called like a one eight whatever number to, <laughs> what's this on our phone bill? Like <laughs> kind of thing. Right. And there was no internet. There was no other way to get help with this kind of stuff. You, that's right. You're right. It was the magazines, it was the counselors, and that's all you had to go with. So that's very pretty much it. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so you're working to re um, reacquire your original Sega Master System collection. How many yeah. games do you need to finish that?
3: Four. That's it. I need four. What are that they? That four. Um, Fantasy Zone Two. Pro Wrestling. I know it's a, a dead easy game to somewhat get, but every time I look for Pro Wrestling, it's a dumb game. It's a bad game with bad artwork. Um, but. I'm trying to find one complete and I can never find one. I can't find it anywhere, whether online, Gumtree, um, Amazon. I, I just can't find a bloody thing. It's really hard. Um, so, yeah. So I'm trying to find that. Um, Rambo 3.
0: I love how they marketed the Rambo movies to kids in the 80s. These these are very violent movies. Um, I love it. And yes. there was like a Rambo cartoon. There were toys. <laughs> yeah. There's video games. There's all this stuff. It's a restricted movie. It's not meant for kids. Yet they had all this merchandise around Rambo. It was hilarious.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I just like I like the image of the front, that standard the uh, 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 stereotypical image of, of Rambo versus Stallone with his rocket yeah. launcher. It's just epic. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> we need more of that. Uh, yes. Um, and what was the other one? I'm trying to think now. Oh, I've forgotten what the fourth one was now. I had it on my list. Okay, it escapes me. Yeah, but um, yeah, I've got four games to go. Four games to go. So I'm almost... And so do there.
0: these have to be... Do these have to be games that were released in Australia, or they can can they be games? No, that's the beautiful
3: thing about the Master System because they're not they're not zoned. Okay, that's one thing a lot of people don't realize about the Master System. You can get a game from the US, and it will play on a PAL version. So, yeah, that's that's another that's another one up on Nintendo in terms of NES <laughs> that was
0: intentional on the on the, Nintendo had so much control over that uh oh. system when it first released uh that uh that doesn't surprise me that they would do that <laughs>
3: um
0: well, that's very, very cool. And so maybe, and hey, maybe some of our listeners might be able to help you get a line on, on some of those games. You never know. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, you, you, you. I mean, I know you're not like going to be shipping things over from North America necessarily. The Cost of shipping oh. alone would be. Uh, oh,
3: <laughs> that's that's Millie the sausage dog. My followers know about awesome. Millie. She's a little, little terror. <laughs> yes, delusions of grandeur.
0: Well, thanks a lot, Tim, for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Again, what's your what's your Twitter handle so people can follow you? It's
3: simply at SegaMasterTim. That's it.
0: (laughs) Thanks so much for being on the
3: podcast today. Been a pleasure. Thank you very much. See you, mate.
1: Be a, a really fun end of the year. I think it's been a lot of fun to look back, you know, on a lot of the the cool things that happened in 2020. You know, we've all been stressed out so much and led down this whole path of just so much uncertainty. And you know, what what we said yesterday doesn't apply because today's today. And you know, this just a, a, a year like un well, like none other, right? For all of us. But what was crazy is a lot of things like still happened, you know, like they were supposed to. The sun came up and set on every day, and you know, and we grinded and put out quite a few
0: games, you know, this year. And How many games? How many games did you guys do this year? Oh my gosh! Should have this up. But what, oh
1: my gosh! What is the count? It's,
0: it's we, about it's about a dozen. I'll yeah, say
1: it's say about 12. a
2: dozen you've got, you've got, I'm, I'm going to run through the list very quickly and I'm just going to do it through, through what I can here. We got carry on, we got crossing souls, we got the uh, second pressing of Greece. We got Heave Ho, uh, Hotline Miami, both one and two, right for the uh, PS4 for the uh, the PS4. Plus, I, I believe we received the collection during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, Mother Russia Bleeds, Piku Niku, Ruiner. Uh, we got Sirius Sam. My friend Pedro PS4. Yeah, my friend Pedro was was the next one for PS4. Uh, that's right. And uh, let's see, Swords of Ditto. So, I mean, that's that's a pretty big slate right there for the year uh, where we had something happen. Crazy,
1: crazy year. And, and uh, a lot of the games that we put out this year were on the same day. Like, we would have that's two right. games going live on the same day. And you know, it's just been a, a, a strange thing over the past two years to see how the collector's market grows and like what they want and where they live and how expensive it costs to get things from us to them. Uh, even if it's just Dallas to California. I mean, that's, you know, there's a shipping cost and, and all that kind of stuff involved. And so we've tried to figure out uh, what, what makes it a little bit easier for some of the collectors who are really determined to collect every single thing we make. And I think that's been, my greatest joy out of this year is we continue to make incredible games, and lucky to have access to these developers and whatnot. But it's now seeing fans, uh, and I'll call somebody out. I think it was Ninja Guy X, wasn't it? That uh, one of our Discord guys that is was like, "I'm going to collect every single thing you put out."
2: Yeah, he did an amazing job chasing down variants this yeah. year.
1: And then so he was just wanted to collect every single thing that special Reserve games made. and even he wasn't chasing like we've you know got like Mr. Tim Hortons, right? good. Now that's not the coffee. Not, don't get excited, Dan. We don't really know We're the coffee man,
0: but uh, he is a. Proud he was connect. a hockey player.
1: No, oh, 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 he
0: was a Tim Horton was a hockey player. Hmm. Just so you know, played for the Blackhawks. Well, just so well, know.
1: there's two or three Tim Hortons in our Discord. <laughs> <laughs> they
0: literally, literally have variants oh, of is his that right? name. Oh, okay.
1: And, uh, <laughs> but there's one of these guys uh, actually chases the messenger like crazy. He'll just chase that yeah, one guy.
2: Twenty copies of it in different like, things, different all ways. All
1: variants, numbered, unnumbered, signed, and that, and copies, great, great you know? stuff. But this different. I've seen a shift where there's some develop or some developers, some collectors who are absolutely starting to collect special reserve game stuff just because we make it. And so, I mean, what an honor. I mean, like that is mm-hmm. such an important thing to earn that kind of. Trust, uh, you know, from somebody that they're going to invest their time and their money into things that we make, and no, and not think that you know, two years down the road, we're just going to start being cheap or sell everything, and you know, whatever. So it's really a neat thing. So personally, you know, as a a creator, or you know, as just a a conduit, you know, for some of this, it, it was a really neat thing that happened this year that you certainly. Couldn't you can't buy that kind of um, interaction and, and stuff with people. It's it's really you got to earn it. And so anyway, that was my one of my favorite things. Looking back on this year was just uh, being able to back up my bullshit and put stuff out continually that um, was quality and that we deliver on promises to our customers, you know, and to the developers. So still just being able to achieve that is an incredible, incredible uh, blessing, I say, you know, but uh, so anyway, though, you know, it's been a great year in a lot of ways.
2: Well, I was thinking about this. It's not even just the games. We, we took some steps here and you've, you've got some beautiful new types of products that you put out, right? These art prints,
1: for instance. Oh, Both. I thought you were talking about the children's clothing and the socks, but, oh, that's next year.
2: Yeah, yeah we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. just got the strangest look from Dan, like, really? I, I think class? he was
1: almost interested,
2: you know? <laughs> <laughs> i got kids.
1: Yeah, i got kids. I'd be, what size?
2: The acrylic and the metal composite
0: art prints right two Mm -hmm. different flavors of this kind of thing well and the and the cutout ones too right three different kinds really well that's that's the evolution of them yeah Yeah. that's that's
2: like next level of of that sort of thing I almost I kind of want to ask Smitty to explain you know his thoughts on why that became a thing you know what Mm. was that what was the thought process tell folks the thought process behind that what inspired
1: that well, there was a five millimeter gap in the shipping box. And I said, how can we fill that? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it, no, it was really 100% about the art of the game. And, you know, where I, I had said a lot, you know, our my job here is to preserve the art of the digital video game in physical form. And, and so I think a lot of people just kind of hear the video game part, but not the art part. And so I just talked about how, how the art from the game was as iconic as the game in a lot of ways and how beautiful some of this was done. So it talked about how to involve all different kinds of mediums to uh, showcase this art. And so uh, just one of the easiest things to say was like, well, how do you treat art that you buy, if you're buying art, if you're going out to buy artwork, you're buying like framed pieces, right? Well, you hang them on your wall or you put them on an easel and put them on your shelf or something like that. That's how you display art. And so I said, well, if you collect video games, how are you displaying those? Well, most of them are just badly placed on a dark shelf, you know, with no lighting. They're just kind of crudely uh, displayed. Some people really put a lot into it. But so how about we make it easy for you to display the art of the game just like you would any other art. So we just came up with a, a size, which was 5 by 7 because that fit inside our shipping box easily. easily. So then you could combo that with a game and whatnot and, and include it in one package. And um, and it was just kind of fun to, to be able to, to showcase some of the art. And on the art prints, the majority of them do not have the logo of the game on... The five by seven. Now there there is information about the artist on the back. We number most of those uh, as well. But uh, yeah, the the front is meant to showcase the art of the game, not the logo, or, anything, or not anybody else's logo either. Uh, so yeah, I think if hopefully that's what you wanted me to say, you know, Eric, because that's kind of was the the genesis of why these five by seven, these art prints came to be, and why they're on acrylic and this metal composite and how they're done is literally another one of those just working with great vendors and partners that i would i was over at a press check uh looking at putting together one of the reserve boxes and i just happened to walk by the large format printer and i'm like what's that what's that stuff can you print on that you are printing on that How much does it cost to print on that, you know? And so, like, (laughs) I'll see something and then – and try to invent, you know, something new. Like, the acrylic – it comes prepared to print on one side, but we tried to figure out a way to print on both sides. What well, took months of like testing these different chemicals to treat one and both sides to see if you would hold the ink and that the ink didn't turn into brittle chips. And, you know, it was like just weird things you wouldn't really think about. It's all science, but uh, it, we kind of quote unquote invented a way of printing on this acrylic material as well. So, it, you know, it felt kind of cool to invent and, an altered way you know of being able to print on a flat medium and do some stuff so anyway yeah just displaying the art you know just how do you showcase the art and then send it to someone so they can treat it like the art that it is like it's a picture hang it on the wall Put it exactly. on the easel and we also exactly. ship easels with <laughs> that was one of the things like you've seen those right eric that people are actually uh, using these easels to display the art prints
2: you know it's it's a low-key kind of thing it doesn't really it's free the view of the yeah. art yeah it comes with your your art piece and everything but it's a nice little way to kind of prop that up on your shelf in a in a In almost like a fancy fashion it makes it feel you know a little 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 extra you know and And why uh,
1: but but that's that easel i put in there for free i mean we had to pay to you know make those things and they weren't free for me but the whole thing was i felt it was so important to put that easel in there because right out of the box. You can treat this art like art immediately. Boom, no matter you know what your collection is. And there's also a little four stickies in there that you can actually stick this up on the wall as well if you don't care about your sheetrock. Dad, what are you doing? It's Shark Week.
2: Okay, here's the deal. Number one, you will fix the fucking drywall now. Number two, you have one month to find jobs or you're out in your asses.
1: It was great to develop some art uh, and, and that is separate from the game reserves themselves these are standalone pieces that you can buy for $25 you know or $35 some of them so
2: we were also talking a little bit before the show here uh, about the uh, kind of the another evolution of the the different things outside of the video games that have come this year with those serious sam figurines these wonderfully (laughs) crazy wonderfully put together pre 3d printed 3d in color these aren't painted it's not like there's these are not put in someone's hands there's not somebody coming in after the fact to slap on a little silver and red or anything these are printed in 3d in color uh for these figurines and there's a whole line of them out there available right now uh for Sirius sam i suggest you guys check these things out if you have not if you if you get a chance To see these you can visit the website and on each of the pages for each of the figurines there's this really neat 3d spin thing that you can do either on your phone or on the website with your desktop computer, you can move the figurine around and kind of get a great view as to as to what that looks like at all the different angles. just really cool and dan you were just taking a look at these right before
0: the show what do you think well i love them first of all that's i gotta say that's my favorite part of doing this podcast with you guys is just when i get on the gun uh, on discord here with smitty and he's like look at this and he shows me the next big <laughs> thing And he's been doing that all year every every time we come on here he's like check this out and he shows me like the latest thing that's just come in for whatever game that that you're working on and i love that i love seeing all this stuff ahead except of time. that time that um, he asked
2: you to look at his mole
0: i that that, that yeah that didn't work. i didn't have yeah. a mole <laughs> that's a lie. That was my nipple. But one thing I'll tell you is that what, what these serious <laughs> what these serious Sam figures remind me of, especially, I don't know, I can't remember what the one, what's the one with no head holding the bombs out? I can't remember Kamikaze. what Kamikaze. 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 So that guy reminds me of um, when I, like, probably 15 or 16 years ago, I was living with a dude. I had a roommate who collected various types of toys, all kinds of different toys. Like, he was one of those guys that went down uh, to buy all the figures for Star Wars The Phantom Menace when it came out. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And he, went, he went to toys. He lined up outside Toys R Us and lined up and got those toy- figures and then kept them on his wall, all in the packaging. So he had another thing he collected were these Todd. This is a series from the Todd McFarlane for the McFarlane Toys line. It was Twi- Aw- Twisted Tales of Oz or something. Something and it was based on the Wizard of Oz, but it was like Dorothy and the Tin Man and the Scarecrow, but they were all like twisted and weird and like Dorothy was tied up with barbed wire and stuff. It was weird, but kind of gross and like gory and, and had that level of detail that that we see on these figurines. Like and those are McFarlane toys. Like those are very very detailed toys, but these are very very detailed, yeah. toys, very, very detailed as well. Yeah, I would I would com- say comparatively uh, so. Like they're almost I as agree. good as the McFarlane. And man,
1: stuff. I'm a McFarlane guy myself. Like we collected McFarlane like
0: crazy.
1: Mm. Wasn't the movie maniacs? Wasn't it called movie maniacs? Yeah, Yeah, with all the different Jaws and, and King Kong and all, but and then the um, I think they did the horror
2: line. You know, with all the different horror figures.
1: Yeah. And then but just all the spawn stuff. I mean, he had such a rich character line with spawn. I mean, they were insane.
0: My roommate used to bring girls home sometimes and like show off his toys to them. And that was like a, a quick end to the date. <laughs> you, you well I mean that's a good way of telling yeah. whether or not you're with the right girls. If she leaves right away then you know she's not the one I was gonna say, that's a litmus. <laughs> yeah. Litmus yeah, test she's like, right there. Oh, when those she... are cool.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm like, hey. Yeah. How much money
1: do you spend on those a month? Oh, <laughs> Okay, no money for (laughs) me. Right, right, right. (laughs) Well, I will say though, the the thing that is crazy, if you're not into three D printing, if you haven't ever seen three D printing work. Most of the time three D printing is the color of the medium. It's gray yeah. or black. It's just resin. And three D printing I think had a moment, you know, where it was gonna be cool and oh you can three D print food Not you know, just, just there was all this stuff about three D printing. But what you don't realize is uh until you really see these things, how complex it is. And so and then for them to print in color,
0: uh is like I don't even know how they do that. It's that's crazy to me oh, that they're it's able insane. to do it. It's insane. A uh, very complicated machinery, but, let's yeah,
1: say. But the, the coolest part of all of this is not that the 3D printing and color—that's and all, that's, that's technology, technologically, technologically—is <laughs> how do you say that? Technologically, close enough. <laughs> it is amazing, but from a uh, artist standpoint, so there, the you take the. The ZBrush file or the OBJ file, which is, you know, just the actual character, uh, 3D modeled, rigged, you know, so it's on like a skeleton, if you will. So it kind of has its articulation points and whatever. Then you, and it has the textures. These are all from the actual game. We're, we're, these are the files that we're using. And then you've got color references, both from the artist. And then we also use footage from gameplay footage. And it's a kludge. Between the actual OBJ file, or the ZBrush file, with textures and color references, and the video reference, if you will, from the gameplay footage, the little black box computer meshes those images together so it looks like, when it prints... It's right from the video game. Not like it was a really high-end, perfectly painted, crazy, beautiful, not-a-flaw-on-it figurine. No, these are 3D figures. You know, these are almost sculptures. They look like they came right out of the game. Like, right out of the game. And so it's really... Like, it's, it's hard to understand until you actually hold them in your hand.
2: It actually did come... Right out of
0: the video game. But
1: it's hard for me to even understand how this stuff is physically made.
0: But yeah. but is you it know, like, like for the for the different colors, is it like a regular printer where it just switches to a different color of material and then like incorporates no. that? No. No. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's it,
2: all it's it's a hundred
0: percent resin. In those it's a hot solid resin. Yeah, but so but the like printer, if you broke it open, yeah. No, I know. But when the, the printer like melts it or something to make it like malleable, well, it
1: prints. It? it prints like lasagna. So like like layers of lasagna. Right. Blum 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 blum. One on top of each other.
2: One thing I want to get clear with everyone is if you have seen what happens with a lot of these hobbyist 3D printing in plastic, even the best of those models absolutely pale in comparison Mm. to a professionally printed 3d resin color 3d figurine Mm -hmm. they are nowhere near uh the the quality those plastic ones the the they are eons light years ahead uh on these things and unless you get in there with like a magnifying glass and then know what you're looking for even then it's difficult to see
1: well, well, let's put it this way. There is something called medical-grade resin because they do, I mean, like, uh, you know, there's 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 people putting joints together in your shoulder and your knee that are 3D printing these parts now. Like, that's actually happening. There is med- medical-grade resin. And uh, so, yeah, there is a difference between the 3D printer that you can buy on Amazon for 129 that's bucks right. and be like, yahoo! Ooh, or glow is out there you know and people are doing stuff with that isn't this. in fact i can even tell you one of the printers used is called mamaki it's a mamaki printer and so you could go look up mamaki out of japan and you can see that there's they have like i think four or five different printers that specifically do 3d resin printing and um Just go ahead and try to pick yourself up one of them. Yeah. And then (laughs) out of your range probably. Set you back just a couple dollars. Yeah. But, and then you got to learn how to use it. So it's just, uh, we have some incredible partners who've advanced the. Uh, and perfected the uh, the way, the method of printing. So it's not just 3D printing, it's this kind of 3D printing. And they call them game prints, I think it was one time they were trying to call So anyway, we're really lucky to uh, and it's not by chance. I mean I, truth be told, I've been working on this relationship for two years I mean, uh, every bit of a year and a half. Uh, it took us months and months to develop what we could do for Serious Sam Uh, And, you know, not not necessarily like hardcore working and designing a lot of what ifs, uh, you know, how will this not work? You know, a lot of like pre-planning by just talking and then things. But, man, at one point you got to start physically printing things and trying things and making and failing and making and failing. And, um, you know, if you so, uh, you know, it's to get to this point it has been a, not a struggle it's just taken a lot of work you know by a lot of smart people
2: i i want to say what i'm excited about is that this isn't a one and done right this,
1: there's more to come yes yes in fact we're, we're already talking about four different games um to make characters with uh and Uh, Have them more customizable in the future where you can pose them, choose different sizes, and then be able to customize messaging, you know, on these uh, in some way that might be in the base or whatever. And I'm doing this authentication, you know, system where we have a a 3D holographic QR code, you know, that you can verify these um, 3D printed figures were made you have this one it's number 10 out of 100 they were sold for x amount of dollars this is all what came with them you know really a cool verifiable provenance if you will so it's When you get them in your hand, you'll realize that they're pretty special. And then we want to make sure that we treat them as special as well. They're not just trinkets or anything to sell. These are also works of art. It looks like a piece of art from the video game just come to life in 3D. It's unreal. So, it's yeah, if you like Todd McFarlane stuff, I mean, you, you will love the quality of what we're producing for sure. And if you collected Todd McFarlane stuff just because you liked his art... You'd like that kamikaze like you were talking mm-hmm, about, mm-hmm. or there's or a scrapjack, which is Eric's favorite. Yep. By the way, that scrapjack, dude, that shoulder <laughs> he goes all the way, all the way through like that's a dense character. And he's got where his shoulder's kind of like stitched on, you know, or whatever. And there are, by goodness, that's the way it looks in this 3D. There's really literally a hole in part of his arm. Just the engineering of how to be able to 3D print that, you know, and, and have it be solid and stuff. But once again, so yeah, like we, you we'll said, we'll send you up some, Dan. Well, yeah, for anyways. sure. We're,
0: you said we're, earlier, we're living in Star Trek, and we are. These are this is just one step away from the replicator in That's Star right. Trek. That's all yeah. it is. That's
1: right. That's what I'm saying. Like all these ideas, we're chasing, you know, the greatest scripts from Star Trek. Well,
0: That's
2: you know, it. 10 years ago, <laughs> this didn't exist. No, this thing. You know, it didn't, it didn't exist. Wait till 10 years from now, what that's going to be like. These, these models, which can take a little time to, to make are probably going to be zapped up in a, in a moment, you know, and be able to well, start doing that stuff in a hurry compared just to just it it to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get that thing sent
1: over. So we have
3: to get on, we have to get on, we have so much time and so little to do. Strike
0: that, reverse
3: it. This way please.
1: My favorite part of this year was the release of Fall Guys. And and it was because it was a game that you know, I think we've talked about this two or three times probably, but it was a non-violent game that represented almost nothing that was uh big with multiplayer gaming, that's for sure. And and uh and then to be so adopted so crazy quick by the tastemakers all the streamers i mean you know the minute tim the tap man you know is trying to chase his first crown and espn is tweeting him about it i mean you know it's like what world do we live in you know i can tell you for a hundred percent truth there was zero budget for influencers from Mediatonic or Devolver. They paid none of those streamers. Zero. They didn't even give them the game for free. They Those streamers paid for that game. So that's how I knew this was like a real special thing. Because we were in the middle of COVID, trying to shake off that summer, you know, like what are we going to do this fall and this COVID crap and the way that our governments are controlling us. And, you know, like it was weighing on people. Right. And so then you had the video game world, which I still love our community and especially the discord, because I think that's how a lot of people have stayed sane. You know, you have this community to talk with, you have the shared common interest and we're not talking about politics at all. <laughs> but um, so here come this game that was just so great. It, no violence, no race, no gender, no country, they're just psychedelic jelly beans running around a you know crazy weird map and competing against live human beings, and it it just took off. I mean, it, and so it was like one of those things. It was the right game at the right place and right time, because if Fall Guys had to come out a year before or a year after. I just don't know if it it would have hit big, but I don't think it would have had the meteoric rise that it did if we weren't all locked up (laughs) in our houses, you know, looking for different things to do and to have something cross your desk your eyeballs your your pc or your ps4 at the time that was actually kind of like enjoyable fall guys was one of those games that it was as fun yep. to lose at fall guys as oh, it we're laughing to all the win. time
2: when, when you and i are playing together and and something stupid happens with one of our characters
1: we're still cracking yeah, up it's yeah. funny you're like oh clip that you know clip me lose it you know and so it was just I, all I can say is that that was my favorite part of the year just because of what it represented. And, you know, I thought it re- it just represented that everything isn't gloom and doom. I really hope everyone is staying healthy uh, mentally and physically and able to enjoy the opportunities that we have uh, coming up every day as just in our own lives. You know, you, even though you're it might be hard to see too far down the road you know just look at Christmas and look how many people are putting lights out this year and how many people are decorating this year it's not because people want to show off or show out as my grandma would say I think it really is people that that just want to you know maintain some level of normalcy and uh and express their inner joy you know a little bit because we're just not able to get out and about and do that so much so you know if like go string some lights up in the bushes or bake a learn how to bake a pie or you know you know volunteer in some way that you can or whatever but so that would be my encouragement to anybody else listening you know the podcast is enjoy the rest of this year even though it's been a 2020 of a year, you know, like you know, try to enjoy the rest of it because January 1st is gonna roll around and everything's still gonna be the same. (laughs) You know, like so it's gonna be your attitude and what you do that's gonna kinda help make next year better. So just let let's make let's make next year better by making the end
0: of this year great. That's going to do it for another episode of Games You Deserve. Thanks so much to Sega Master Tim for joining us. Be sure to leave us a five-star review if you like what you hear. Until next time,
3: game over.